1: When some people hear the name of our company, they scratch their heads and wonder, what on earth do the letters BWS stand for? Well, sit back, I'll tell you. B is for plumbing. Hot water heaters, sewer lines, all the pipey plummy things. W is for heating. We will get you through the winteries without a shiver. S is for air conditioning. Remember how hot the summer gets? A new summer is just around the corner, and your air conditioner had better be prepared for it. There you go, see? It's all right there in the name. BWS Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. It's spelled B-W-S. Write it down. I'll wait. Ready? That's B-W-S. And when you want to find us online, just go to the Google and type in these letters. B-W-S Plumbing, Heating, and Air. You'll find us. B-W-S. You spell B-W-S. And also pronounced B-W-S.
0: Welcome to the Empire Builders podcast. Dave Young here, along with Stephen Semple. And Stephen, as our listeners may know, we record these in, well, I don't know if they know it or not. We don't sit down once a week and record. We'll record three or four episodes in a row. And we just got done talking about cookies, and now we're talking about another edible product called RX Bars, and I'm starting to get hungry. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so it's going to be an early lunch for you. Is that what we're is It might we're be saying? an early lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I've seen RX bars. I see them in stores. I see them wherever your favorite bars are sold, you're going to find these RX bars. What is the story behind the RX brand of bars.
2: Well, it's a pretty interesting story. So, RX, which is the letter R, the letter X bars, they're like prescription you know, like Yeah, like yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't even put that together. So, yeah, like prescription and they're these little energy bars. The business was founded by Peter Rayhall and Jared Smith in 2012 in Chicago. And they started with really no money. Like they invested a few thousand dollars each and no experience. They had no experience manufacturing food. And in 2017, hmm. five years after starting, they sold to Kellogg's for $600 million. 600 million? 600 million million, five Five years after starting. Have I got your attention?
0: What a happy day for those guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. When you look at energy bars, it's also a crazy crowded space. Like there's like go on Amazon. There's there's like they are everywhere. It seems like there's new ones all the time. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like energy bars was like this new thing where there was no, it was a really, really crowded space. And again, they did this with little money and even less experience. And Peter is an interesting guy. He really struggled as a student and really struggled in business. He's dyslexic and he was a D student. And he talks about how he worked really hard to get a D. And he found work very hard. And what people don't realize, especially people with severe dyslexia, linear activities are really hard to do. Mm. And basically pretty much every entry level job is hard. And I heard an interview with him talking about how hard it was to actually even fill out and handle a checkbook because it's this linear activity and anything that's linear is really, really hard. So he even had a really difficult time getting into college. Now, his father was in the food business. They had a family wholesaling business and the initial plan was for Peter to enter the family business. And he started off doing an internship at a food processing plant Mondi's Foods in Belgium. He did that for about a year, and it really didn't work out all that well. And then Mm -hmm. he went to Lebanon for a time because that was the family heritage, and he wanted to learn more about the family heritage. And when he returned to the (laughs) U.S., he learned that the family really didn't want him working in the family business. He really was not cut out for it. Food wholesaling is a very linear business. You know, as he describes it, failing was not foreign to him because of all the struggles he had through his entire life in terms of school and and any work and things along that lines. So he went out and he got a job working in transportation brokerage and he absolutely hated it. It was a terrible job and he needed to do something. And at the time he was really big into CrossFit. CrossFit was a new fitness craze. He Mm -hmm. was really big into it and he was early to CrossFit and he fell in love with it. And what he noticed was a great community. And a lot of that community was getting into the paleo diet. That was a really big thing in CrossFit. And what he found is it was really hard to find a good tasting bar that fit those dietary requirements. But working out at CrossFit, what he saw was a community. And he saw that the gyms sold water and sold t-shirts, but didn't sell any bars. So he called a buddy of his, Jared, Jared Smith, who founded the business with him, Mm -hmm. who was also in the CrossFit. And he said, hey, we should make bars. And it's interesting, Peter sees his dyslexia today as a benefit because he knows what he's good at And it's very clear where he struggles. And he knew he needed Jared. He knew he could not do this on his own. There wasn't even a possibility in his mind. So they got to work, they went to stores and they researched the ingredients and all the bars in the stores today. And they started off investing $5,000 each. And initially they planned on investing five grand each and raising Mm -hmm. money. And so Peter went to his dad because his dad knew lots of people in the food business and said, hey, dad, we want to raise some money. Do you want to help out? And his dad basically looked at him and said, sell a thousand bars. Like, in other words, sell some stuff before you try to raise some money. Right? Yeah. So they had to figure out how to sell bars. And they had this niche group in CrossFit and Paleo. And it's a great community. And it was underserved. And if you think about this, this really parallels what Innovate did, right? In episode 37. Right, where they created a shoe focusing on trail runners mm-hmm. and eventually grew that into other communities. Well, that's what these guys were doing, the same thing. Found this tribe, found this community, right? In
0: 2012, that was a big growing thing. It's still big, but to latch onto an affinity group like that and have a product that fits their needs as they're growing, what a great move.
2: And paleo was about ingredients, so they wanted to make bars with these limited ingredients, but best ingredients. And they did something really interesting in their packaging. In the show notes, we'll show a copy of one of their packages. And we've talked before about things being specific is far more powerful than things being general. Right on mm-hmm. the front, like I'll read this one three egg whites, three walnuts, six cashews, two dates, no BS. Yeah. And this specific packaging, specific ingredients that really spoke to that market. And so I think that was very interesting what they did with the packaging. And on the front, you're allowed to package the way you want. You still have to have the specific nutritional ingredients and all those other things on the back, which they have. They started off making these bars in Peter's parents' basement using a Cuisinart. So basically they, they had a Cuisinart, <laughs> they had mix up these ingredients and they would chop them up and Peter and Jared would show up at one of their gyms with a Tupperware full of this stuff and ask people to try it, right? They knew tons of people and they collected tons of data, asked a whole pile of questions. So basically in August 2012 was when they started doing this, creating the ideas. And then in March, 2013, they made their first sale. So they went out and they started to sell it. And everything was being made in the basement of the parents' house. And they did everything. They made the website. They did the manufacturing. They did the packaging. They did the design. Packaging was very, very basic. And they would work from 8 to noon. They could make the 3 to 7 batches of bars in that time. And there was about 440 bars a batch So they could make in the basement, 3,000 bars a day. And they had people come in to pack it is what they did. So they made the bars, they had people come into the house to pack it. And at one point, Peter's mom was helping out with the packaging and she wasn't very good at it. Peter had to fire his mom.
0: (laughs) He had to fire mom.
2: (laughs) Had to to fire mom. But the whole strategy was one of these strategies. Again, this is like innovate. And we've seen other companies do this. Start small with a community and a tribe, which Mm -hmm. was CrossFit Paleo. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to sell online and then sell directly to gyms and then have consumers buy it from them. And then they would find a co-packer and then do traditional retailing. But it's that whole thing of, yes, that group was too small to make a big business, but it's where you start. yeah, And then you roll up from there.
0: Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this.
3: Two words, lead flow. If you wanna grow your business, lead flow is, well, not everything, but it sure can feel that way. You feel the need, the need for leads. And then there's the gnawing questions that plague you whenever you try to boost lead flow. Are you targeting the right customer? Are you saying the right things? Are you advertising in the right places? Are you spending too much or too little? And the ever-present, how can I best use social media? What if you could get those questions answered definitively in 90 minutes? You'd no longer feel the need for leads because now you'd know how to get them. That's what Empire Builders is offering you right now for free and with a guarantee to boot. Go to empirebuildersprogram.com, book a 90 minute Zoom meeting with the empire building expert and boom, questions answered, problems solved. We'll give you the real answers guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yes, our famous no-pitching and no-bitching guarantee. First, we won't pitch you at all, seriously.
2: If you want to work with us beyond our meeting, you'll have to explicitly ask about moving forward. And the bitching part?
3: If you're not satisfied with the answers, say the word. And I'll pay you cold
2: hard cash for your wasted time, no hard feelings. Now that's a guarantee. Look, empire builders take action. If lead flow is an issue for you, take action on it.
3: Book your Zoom meeting at
0: empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off and trust me, you haven't missed a thing.
2: And what they saw was in the Paleo CrossFit was a niche and because it was small, it was being ignored. So they saw the small niche that was being ignored and they said, That's where we can start. We can service that group. And they even went so far as saying, you know, they would rather have a small CrossFit guy from across the country buy from them than a grocer that was around the corner. Because what they knew was the more I got into that community, the more I got in that community.
0: I think you can even drill down on these groups, these tribes, uh, affinity groups, if you want to call them that, in that do you go out looking for them or do you just find yourself in one and fill a need. But CrossFit is one of those affinity groups where when people identify themselves as being a CrossFit person, right? They're one of those where, you know the joke, right? How do you know if somebody's in CrossFit? They'll tell you. Right. 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 It's like, how do you know if somebody has a rescue animal? They'll tell you. If they're a vegan, they'll tell you. Right. Right. right and so it's one of those groups where it's like no people identify so strongly with it that they feel the need to tell people unasked
2: yeah and it was also an interesting time in crossfit because in the very early days a lot of the people in the crossfit community in terms of the gyms were you know very principled you know you didn't do it for the money so they didn't sell or promote things and railed against the business side as it grew you would get more people coming in who are more open to the business side. So it opened up those opportunities for gyms to be open to selling things out of the gym.
0: It was a movement, not a business.
2: Right. It was right at that time it was becoming a business that these guys were, or certainly some of them, it was becoming a business, they were able yeah. to serve them. But even inside that, it was a real community and a real tribe, but it was also one, yes, they could email them and they could phone them and you know they really hustled every day to make those sales. But One of the other things that was interesting in their business model is they were really able to bootstrap it because they could make small batches, right? They're making it in their house Mm -hmm. using a Cuisinart. They could make small batches. Inventory was very low, so little cash needed. But they made it, sold it, collected the money because many of the sales were online and then shipped it, right? So basically, you had this really strong cash flow. You weren't carrying a lot of receivables on this, right? So they were really able to bootstrap up that business. And so nine months from launch, they're doing 600,000 in sales. They really got out of the gate very strong. The next year, they did 2 million in revenue, and they just absolutely couldn't keep up with demand. So in mid-2014, they hired an outside manufacturer, and the first one that they did was an absolute Disaster and it actually really set their business back. They had to write Mm -hmm. off a half a million dollars worth of inventory. They went out of stock for a period of time, had to find a new partner. They managed their way through that. Then in 2016, they are now in Trader Joe's, and that year they did 36 million dollars in sales. And then in 2017, Kellogg's came along and wrote the big 600 million dollar check. For the business.
0: I guess he didn't ever need to go back to dad for some money, huh?
2: Yes, that never happened. And he's today an executive with Kellogg's running one of their divisions. What this really teaches us, and we've talked about this before, is this whole power of tribe. There's yeah. a real power of tribe. And often what happens, and Dave, I can't tell you the number of times we've put together strategies for startups. And we find this little tribe that's very connected, and very tight. And we say to them, Start with this tribe, and they go, yeah, yeah, but I want this to become a uh, $400 million business, and that tribe isn't big enough. And they choose not to implement the plan. And it always drives me crazy because it's like, yes, it's not big enough, but that's where you start. You're not selling $400 million in the first year. You're hopefully selling 400000 and we can sell 400000 to this little tribe. And that's where you start.
0: Guess what the people in those little tribes, what else they are? They're members of other tribes.
2: Well, exactly. Right? exactly. We're, we're not all
0: just one-dimensional people. Right. Right. You might be CrossFit and you might be vegan and you might have a rescue animal. And and you work in an office with a bunch of other people, right? Like Exactly. So, so
2: there's this power of tribe that is often, often overlooked. And, and we talk about in marketing as niches, but I prefer to think about it as being tribes. And there's also, you know a power to, one of the things I liked is they went very quickly to the direct-to-consumer market. So even though they were wanting to sell through gyms, what they really wanted to do was sell direct to the consumer. The gym was going to expose them to it, but they wanted to sell direct to consumer, which meant they owned their destiny and were able also to learn. They were able to learn directly what people liked, what people didn't like. And their simple packaging really made them stand out. in this whole idea of being specific rather than general, I thought was really, really cool. So this packaging that stands out, this power of being specific and direct to consumer and the power of tribe, I think there's a whole bunch of lessons to learn from these guys. And they blew the doors off and became, you know, really very wealthy, very successful business people who started with a couple thousand bucks each and no experience making things in the parents' basement using a Cuisinart.
0: (laughs) It's just a matter of getting started, isn't it? Just having the guts to say, yeah, well, let's just do this and see where it goes.
2: Absolutely. And they found the tribe first and then made the product fit the tribe.
0: I think that's a key, isn't it? Even if you identify a tribe, an affinity group, you should probably become one of them. You might find one that you think needs what you have, but you're not going to know until you're one of them.
2: You know, and that's like Innovate. Innovate was the same thing, right? Innovate, they even have their new office location in an area which is known for trail running so that basically the people who work there can go out before, after work, or on one of the breaks and go run trails.
0: Yeah, there you go. Right? Well, what a great story and a great product. We actually put these out on the snack table at the Wizard Academy and oh, people love them.
2: There you go. And not everyone there is CrossFit. <laughs> no, they're not.
0: But, but they, you, what's really cool about it is you can, you can look right at the front of it and go, oh, three egg whites, six almonds, four cashews, two dates. No BS. There's probably more in it than that that's binding it all together, but I'm not putting a bunch of junk in me.
2: Right. Well, in fact, the binding agent, FYI, is dates.
0: Hmm, okay, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what they've actually used as the binding agent. And to make white, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's it. It's the dates and the egg white, yep.
0: Good stuff. Thank you for bringing our X-bars to the table, Next time
2: I'm down at the Academy, I'm going to look forward to sampling them on your dime.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll make sure we keep them on here.
2: All right, (laughs) thanks, man.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders